Today, I'd like to talk about relationships. After all, this is also a relationship podcast. And um, I always talk about a relationship with yourself, first and foremost, being the selfishly happy revolutionist, as I am. But it's also very important to understand the kind of ways in which you can create beautiful relationships, especially with your loved ones. And one of the things that um, I want to, uh, to discuss today uh, is actually creating that couple bubble, as it were. And I'm, I'm going to keep this quite short and simple today because I'm actually on holiday. I'm seeing my relationship, uh, relations and friends and family. So it's, uh, it's, it's quite important for me to look after myself and my protect my relationships uh even when I'm a podcaster but um I also want to honor you listeners my dear listeners who are loyal and download this podcast every every single week so I wanted to show up for you and I know lots of you might be listening later on in the autumn perhaps because you yourselves have been on holiday and visiting your relations so and friends but here we go let's talk a little bit about um how to create that kind of couple bubble i've obviously observed over the last few weeks when i've been visiting my uh friends and family uh how people talk to each other how they react to each other how they include each other and uh, and also myself what what is it like showing up in a relationship? And today let's talk about the um the loved one, your couple, your partner, your lover, in your lovership or your partnership. Because one of the things beyond having the relationship with yourself, I think the second most important thing is with your lover or partner. And um or plural if you if you live in polyamory setting. I'm I'm not an expert on that, so I can't really comment on on that kind of point of view. But if you're talking about if we're talking about the loved one here, it's the most important relationship to actually be mindful to protect and consciously creating a kind of relationship you want and looking after each other, being your best friend, your best advocate, your best, you know, having the other ones back and vice versa. I mean, it's very important to, and I've talked about this before, about showing in your relationship as authentically you, kind of being really relentless in being unapologetically yourself in the relationship. And I don't mean the kind of nasty things that, you know, I'm like this, you know, I, you know, I cheat you, you know, just get on with it. That's how I am. Or I lie to you. That's how I am. Just get on with it. You know, I don't mean that kind of way, but actually taking responsibility for showing up as true you as much as you can being vulnerable going into your towards your edges towards outside your comfort zone in kind of authenticity and truth um that you can have um as much as you can 
I mean, obviously, we all have our little defenses and walls and so on, but more conscious we become about owning our own emotions, owning our own shit, <laughs> the better for the relationship. And so it kind of requires self-knowledge, self-understanding, but also understanding the other person. How do you know uh, the ways in which you can really look after the other person so that you can put a smile on their face. You can, you can say or do something that really makes their pupils kind of dilate and they, you can just see and observe their eyes that, Oh, that was something that really touched them. Maybe little, um, you know, not exactly tears, but kind of eyes watered a little bit because you said something that really truly touched their hearts and, uh, and more you can become the person that makes their day, the more you protect the couple bubble. So you can really create an atmosphere intentionally using your holistic tantric tools I've taught you, the presence, the intention, the focus, and really, for instance, having rituals where you can be for yourselves for, for each other, first and foremost. So for instance, in the mornings or in the evenings, what kind of rituals do you have? What kind of ways you can start the day or finish the day in a beautiful, beautiful way that makes the other person and yourself by doing that actually feel really good about their day, even though it's been difficult or hard or setting out for the new day with a, with a song in their hearts. So what can you do, for instance? I mean, one of the big, biggest things is that people don't often know what to say, for instance, to the other person. And uh, the other person might be really wanting your compliments and really hearing that they are, they look beautiful or gorgeous or they're handsome or, or sexy or, or just really good looking because people might love you so much that they actually don't even realize that you might have changed your hair or your clothes or, or whatever. So they just always feel that you are amazing. So for them to actually consciously give those compliments is just amazing for somebody who has that kind of a language that um, makes them to understand that they are appreciated and loved. And, um, and then the other person might actually like touch more. So it's kind of, you know, really wanting to understand that is this person that I'm with somebody who likes touch or if they are the kind of person who kind of wants to protect themselves, you then might actually want to ask and confirm that, you know, confirm that is this too much touching? Am I too close? Do you need some space? And kind of being mindful what kind of a person you are living with or having an affair, you know, lovership, relationship with. And some other people just love little gifts, you know, little, you know, bouquet of flowers, you know, chocolate, jewelry, you know, a game, you know, tickets to a concert or whatever, a holiday. And you just need to kind of really think, maybe you can even write down, what are the things that I know my partner really loves? Is it communication? Is it better intimate communication? Is it compliments? Is it about touching? Is it about having more time together, a really nice time where we we 
go for the cinemas and watch a movie together, hold hands, or we go for a lovely walk or bike ride or, or we do something really exciting, uh, together, something new, uh, and adventurous. Or is it, is it, is it actually buying gifts to somebody? And these kind of things are really important to understand and know. And you can even discuss this to get together. What is it that you really love? And also being aware, what do you like? Because I think there's kind of two, two types of people based on how we were raised up. There's one person who really likes the relationship, but, but wants to keep their guard and, and, and be more, um, doing things on their own. And then there's the other person who, just wants to be together all the time and really wants to, uh, you know, feel that we are in this together. And the latter one actually might feel insecure about abandonment. So there can be issues around the other one going away. And, um, even during the day feel like, you know, I so miss, miss them. And the other person might be more like kind of, oh, this is too much intimacy. You know, I feel a bit trapped or, you know, I feel like my space has been intruded. And most often than not, you tend to have one or the other. So there isn't really, I suppose it's because of the um opposites attract, but uh there really needs to, you really need to find the antidote, as it were, for your partner. So what can you say if somebody is kind of, you know, having that, that feeling that, oh, there's too much intimacy. And you can ask, okay, I can feel that you are uncomfortable. Do you want me to stop? Is this annoying? Or, you know, really saying that, um, I'd need to talk with you in a couple of hours time. You know, will you have time to actually discuss something with me that's important? And then when you agree the time, you go away and leave it and don't, don't hassle more or, you know, when you're ready, can we talk about this? And, uh, and also there is something that you really can, um, if the other one feels that they are criticized or controlled, you can really make, make it so that I understand that, um, your heart was in the right place but I really need you to do this differently or look, it's not your fault and it, it can happen to anybody, but uh, let's discuss this. I so appreciate what you do, but you were out of line here. So, so you can really communicate with I sentences instead of you always do this or you never do that. So that's really important. And again, you know, if the other person is somebody who feels that they need more reassurance that they are truly loved and, and they have maybe that kind of separation anxiety. Why not use the technology and text them saying, you know, I really, uh, I really love you, you know, or oof, I'm having a, a bad day, but I'm thinking about you. You make my heart sing. You know, all these kind of things will be really important for somebody who feels that they want to be with you all the time and, um, and really appreciate, uh, that kind of effort. Or, you know, don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here for life. You know, you, you can really say these words over and over again for somebody who really needs more contact, more proximity with you, you know, 
please stay close to me. You know, I want to be so close to you as I can today, you know. So there are all these kind of things that you can say, I'm really looking forward to our time together today and I can't wait to hear about your day and call me if you need to talk. I'm free at two o'clock or whatever. So you can really make a conscious effort about making the other person feel appreciated and understood. And there are, one of the things that I really feel is important is to kind of have the separations and coming together, even if it's just for the day, going to work or going to school or whatever you do during the day and you're, you're separated and then you're coming back together in the evening or if you're going away and or they are going away and you need to be separated for a while. I think it's very important to keep consciously that um, couple bubble alive where, for instance, if the other person is going away, you really make them feel good about going away because you really want them to be the best version of themselves if they have a business trip or if, if they are going to see a relative or a friend or having their holiday without you. You know, it's important to really not try to pull them back to you, but actually saying that, yes, you know, I'm, I'm here 100% with you. You need to do this. And I really want you to go and, and you're going to be amazing. But then again, when, when people come back together, it's important to really welcome them and have those kind of special moments, even planned, if you like. And in the, in the mornings, you know, what do you, what could you do when, um, when you wake up? What is the first thing you do? to, to, to wake up. Even just eye gazing. I've taught that, I think, in the second episode. It's very important to really, I mean, it's not all about creating a conscious couple bubble. It's not about just communication. It's actually being present. And one of the biggest ways of creating that intimacy and presence is to regulate each other's nervous systems. And, and the way to do it is just doing eye gazing and it can be vulnerable as hell, but it's so beautiful. So for instance, in the evening, when you, when you come back home or you see each other again, after a while you've been separated, why not just look each other in the eyes as long as you can, you can uh, feel the other person relaxing because often you can, you can actually observe the other person's body language. You can see where the tension is. And until, until they kind of relax their shoulders or they are kind of breathing, you know, sighing out that, uh, that, um, tension, you know, Oh, it's so lovely to be here with you. You can really see how they, how they, they can relax with your gaze. And there is a beautiful moment I witnessed over my holiday, uh, a young couple where the other one was quite anxious and kind of being um, emotional. And the other one just very gently put their hand on their back. And that little movement, you know, little touch like that, because they were calm, just calmed the other person down as well. It doesn't have to be, you know, words. It can be just touch. And clearly that person knew what the love language or the way 
how to regulate that person's nervous system was, was just touching the back of their partner. And that, that was just amazing. Or the, you know, the, the other couple I observed, you know, just, you know, just holding hands as much as possible and calling each other with, um, you know, kind of a lovebird names, whether it's babe or sweetheart or, or whatever. Darling, I think is quite, quite old fashioned nowadays, but it's, it's, or giving nicknames to each other. You know, those kind of things, there's actually research done that if you have a couple who've given each other nicknames or they have these kind of endearing names for each other, their relationships last longer. So there is, there is something to actually know the other person so well and, and really having that kind of, this is what I want to call you. You, you, you're really important to me and you give them a name. So if we go back to that kind of morning and evening routine, what can you do? Especially when the other one is a, is a, Somebody who wakes up early but goes to bed early and the other one is up late and, and gets up later. I mean, there is, that can be quite, uh, difficult for a relationship, but actually you can turn that into your advantage. And the other person who's actually good at doing things in the evenings can do, prepare, you know, prepare something for the following day. And, and the other one who's getting up earlier can do the same. So kind of again, looking, for the benefit of the couple, you know, what can I do when I'm at my best, my best energies now, you know, like 11 o'clock in the night or 6 a.m. in the morning is to think, you know, what can I do for the other one? And, uh, one of the, one of the things apart from the eye gazing, whether you do it in the last thing in the evening or, or first thing in the morning or both, even if you go to bed at different times, I think it's very important to acknowledge that and still commit to that partnership and that lovership. One of the things you can also do, because when we're talking about sex, people have different times of the day when they're most um, feeling most sensual or sexual or having the most arousal time. Because often it's, it's about, it's about, uh, energy levels as well. So it's important then that if you don't happen to have the same time of the day when you feel both turned on, you can just give each other orgasms at the time when the other person is is feeling uh, most uh, aroused and turned on. You know, what what is the most beautiful way to fall asleep if the other one is giving you an orgasm or wake up? Um, for, for having an orgasm, you know, it doesn't always have to be partnered play. You can just do it for the other person as a gift. Why not? And the, one of the things that I was just thinking the other day, which, you know, lots of people tend to watch telly, you know, because you can stream at any point, you know, anything you want and binge watch things. But what if you actually watched something? You made it a, you know, a, a, a Wednesday night is a particular time when you watch your show and it's sacrosanct. You know, we don't watch more than one or, you know, we have, uh, you know, some, some, you know, beautiful stuff around as we turn the lights off, we hold hands, we might have a drink or, 
you know, hot or cold or whatever. And just, you know, every time there is something that is moving in that show or it's funny or it's something that, that really, you know, stirs emotions in you, why not look at the other person and kind of share that moment? You know, it's something that you really acknowledge we're doing this together because some people, it, it can be really, especially the ones I gave you the two examples earlier, the ones that um, might feel that they want to have more of their own time. It's easy for them to just do it on their own. And actually you, you need to really, I would invite you to really, um, you know, fight and show up for the relationship where you don't do things on your own, but actually share the moments in a very present way and conscious way. I think that would be really important to have mutual things to do, even by watching something together or going to the cinemas together. And the other thing I think which has gone out of fashion, but I think is a reminiscent from childhood that can really put more love and intimacy in the relationship is to read something to each other. You know, it's something that I particularly, I'm, I'm, I'm an avid reader, always loved reading. And it doesn't matter what you read. It's something, I mean, you could even take a lovely tantric book and read together and, and just create these moments where you connect and, or even listening to a podcast. Why not listen to this podcast with your partner and just discuss it, you know, see how, you know, or if there is something that, ah, you know, that's true to me, you know, let your partner know. Or what do you think about that? And that was a bit, you know, frisky or that was a bit weird, you know, just discuss it. And one of the ways I, I, when I coach couples for tantric sex and relationship wise, one of the most beautiful things is to, um, teach what I teach about the or coach people about the couple bubble is actually creating a physical bubble. It's really truly visualizing. You can decide together what kind of a color it is and you can bring, you can bring things in. You call in qualities. You know, I, you know, you can take turns to sit in that visualized bubble of light of particular color or just white light and invite more love. I invite more sexiness. I invite more connection. I invite more juiciness. I invite more doing things together. I invite date nights. I invite sex date nights. And then you can also throw things out of your couple bubble from that, that ball of light or whatever color you wanted to make it. Say, I throw out jealousy. I throw out dishonesty. I throw out arguments. I throw out insecurity, whatever it is. And you can really take turns one by one inviting something in there very consciously and then maybe reflecting back, going back to what you did during the day or during the week and just, yeah, did you feel that? I just felt in my, in our, our couple bubble, I felt in my body that there's more intimacy right now. Just like we said, we wanted more intimacy. Isn't that amazing? Or 
gosh, normally this would have caused an argument, but because we threw that, you know, need to argue away from our outside from our couple bubble, we didn't argue because we were conscious about it. We didn't want that in our couple bubble. So I'm really interested in, in how you feel about this. And, uh, and I would, I would invite you to contact me by email, uh, or even through a voice message. What are the things that you do? I'd love to have inspiration from you. How do you safeguard your couple bubble? How do you create more opportunities to understand the other person and do things proactively for them that you know will really fire them and really they feel more loved, they feel more sexy, they feel more honored and respected, they feel more kind of touched and what are the things you do? I'd love to hear from you. And please do practice those seven holistic tantric tools that I've taught you. And if you haven't yet, please download the Pleasure is Your Birthright Seven Holistic Sex Tools ebook from my website because uh, I think you can really take that to another level not just sex, but actually in the relationship level. So this is Anne Blunt, your tantric sex and relationship coach and the host of this explicit, open and honest podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. I wish you an amazing, amazing week ahead. Bye for now. <laughs>